Where to begin this week's Parsha is Parsha's Akev. So the Torah says, You have to know with your heart. The same way that a, a, uh, a parent ridicules their, or not ridicules, they uh, um, discipline their child. Hashem Hashem, your God, also disciplines you. So here, in chapter 8, verse number 5, the Torah is telling us that we have to know with our hearts. And we talked about this at length on Sunday in our Orachim HaKadosh class. The Orachim HaKadosh here explains that we have to actually focus our hearts in the, in the understanding to be resolved with our feelings that the same way that parents are more sensitive to their children's actions than of those actions of strangers, if we see our child doing something wrong, it bothers us. It doesn't bother us as much, even though it should, when we see somebody else's child doing something wrong. It's just not a natural human reaction. The natural, says the Orachayim HaKadosh, the natural human reaction is to be bothered by one's own. That's mine. Whatever the reason is, it's a reflection of me. I have a responsibility. It bothers me. It bothers me when my children don't act properly. So we have to understand in our hearts, we have to feel our emotions, says the Orachayim, that Hashem also has the same relationship with us. That we are, as the Torah declares in Parshas A, chapter 14, verse number 1, I think, that you are the children of Hashem, your God. And so then when we do something that's incorrect, then it bothers, so to speak, if we could say this about God, it bothers God that we do. It doesn't care what somebody else does in Zimbabwe. I mean, he cares, but not as a parent. Right? So the Torah here is clearly making an analogy for us to imagine and to understand that the same way that there'll be reaction from parents to the children, the same way that you, says the Torah, react to your children, Hashem is going to react also to you, how you, how, how you act. Just simply by the, because we are the children, we are the chosen, we are the children of God. We are the children of Hashem. That's what the, that's what the Torah says. The Torah wants us to know that that's why it says in the Pasuk, Elokecha, your God. It's your God. It's not somebody else's God. Hashem has said that when we say in the Shemona Hesway, for example, when we say in the silent prayer, we say, Hashem our God. It is, there, is a, a fa- there is a parent-child relationship between us and the Almighty. This is what the Torah wants us to understand and to, to, to inculcate into our feelings. The Torah wants us to be settled in that way. That, it's, that there is a house out there. And the house contains the children of God, and that's us. And then when we don't act in the proper way, then it, he's going to react. He's going to react the same way that a parent reacts. Parents might not discipline somebody else's child. They might not tell them, to stop uh, dis- the dysfunctional behaviors. 
see a child, you know, in an ice cream shop, take the ice cream, throw it against the wall. It's not my child. It's not my son. Right? Uh, if my son does that, then I'm going to say something. You can't do that. Can't get ice cream for the next six years. No, I'm kidding, right? But is it, we're going to react. Hashem also is going to react. He won't react necessarily the same way as he, re- as, as he reacts to us. That's what the Torah wants us to understand. And what is it that Hashem wants from us? So later on in the Pasha, we read. Later on in the Pasha, we read. In uh, chapter 10, verse number 12, it says, V'ati Yisrael, Ma'ashem Ma'ach, you the Jewish people. What is your God, emphasis on your God, Shem Ma'ach, what does He ask of you? Ki'im li'iras Hashem Lokecha. He wants you to fear Him. Lo'leches b'chol drachov. To go in all his ways, ula avo someone to love him, ula avo das Hashem lekechem to serve Hashem, mechol levav mechol nam shecha, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, lishmar es mitzvos Hashem, to keep the mitzvos of Hashem, the commandments, the six hundred and thirteen commandments, like they're mentioned in Tractate Marcus on page twenty three b, v'eschukosav in all his statutes, Hashem noichem mitzav chayom, everything that I command you today. Hashem wants us to keep His directives. He wants us to love Him. He wants us to fear Him. He wants us to do the mitzvahs, the performance of the mitzvahs. Why? Why is it that we discipline our children when they take the ice cream and throw it against the wall? Why? Because we don't think it's good for them. We don't think it's productive. We think that, that, that if, we, uh, if they're disciplined and they control their anger and they're upstanding citizens, then they will be more successful in life. It's for their good that we discipline them. And what bothers us is that they're not doing something that's for their good because we care about them. And so therefore the Torah says, I want you to do this. Why? Conclude the last two words of the verse, number 13. Litovlach. Because it's good for you. The Creator, the Almighty of the universe, decided that if we perform the acts that he has enumerated for us, it will be good for us. Ultimately, it will be productive. And so therefore, when there is a, when there is a, uh, uh, a discipline that comes from God, from the Almighty, whatever the discipline may be, it is the Torah telling us in this Pasha that it's for our good. It's for the purpose of our growth. A child, we may say the analogy is like a flower. So a child is like a flower. See, you, 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 you uh, step on the flower, then it, uh, it's not going to grow. You have to uh, watch the soil and add the proper nutrients and sunlight, put it in the right place, give it water, nurture the child, and then the child will blossom and grow. That's, that's the purpose, and that's what we want to do. And that's what Hashem wants us to do, and the Torah is making that analogy to once know that it's the same relationship. And so therefore, when there's abuse of that relationship, when there is abuse uh, from the parent's side, then that is something which is completely unacceptable. That is something which is completely unacceptable for the simple reason, from a, from a simple reason, is that, is that you, that we, if we don't act in the interest of the child, and we don't 
strive to make the child blossom and grow, then what happens is is that we are uh, we are not doing we are not acting in their best interest, and so therefore we have abrogated our uh, our uh, our role in the in the child's development, and it's an unfortunate thing, it, unfortunate that, and this is the topic of our of our of our uh, talk this evening. It's an unfortunate thing that um, there are people out there that um, do abuse their role and their right as, uh, as parents uh, with their children. So the, the topic of our discussion this evening is as follows. It's a responsa that is written by Rabbi Yezer Wolnogorog, blessed memory, in Volume number nineteen of his work, the Tzitzeli Yezer. What's the last name? Waldenberg. Volume number nineteen, number fifty-two. Responds to number fifty-two. <coughs> he has. He was asked the following question by the famous uh, doctor Avram S. Avram, who is an author of many books on medical ethics. Um, on medical ethics focused on these, the, the decisions of his teacher, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arabach, uh, which he delineates with various different questions on medical ethics, both in English and in Hebrew. He has many works. So he asked Rabbi Wolderberg the following question in the year um, 1991, 1991. The following question. He said that there was a a child that was struck to our pain, and I am I am paraphrasing the uh, the question that was asked. A child that was struck to our pain. It's not unusual that a a baby or a child is brought to our hospital that he is completely wounded with uh, difficult wounds, with uh, breaks in their skull and in their body, with internal bleeding, with strikes and, um, and uh, burns from hot water and, and cigarettes, until it comes to a danger that the child is so uh, beat up, literally, so beat up is that it becomes dangerous to their life. And the, ch- the, the parents that brought the child seem to have been infl- inflicted these wounds on their children on purpose. So the question is, the question is, what is the role of the doctor? Is it to tell the police that this is, the, that they're, that they're, basically they're seeing that there's abuse that's going on. So is it the role of the doctor to tell the police? after the child has been released from the hospital, uh, after they've been treated for their whatever the ailments they have, to tell the police what's going on in this particular uh, family circle in order to save the child from the parents. Because it has happened in the past. When somebody has not reported such incidents, it has wound up in the fatality. Because the people who commit these infractions, unfortunately, 
don't stop committing them. Unfortunately, they don't, uh, they don't just, uh, uh, you know, walk away into the sunset. So, the question is, is that if they do tell the police, obviously the child will be taken away from the parents in order to protect them from the parents. And the children are going to wind up in a non-religious environment, either in a foster home or with parents who are foster parents who are not going to be religious. That's the, um, that's the question that was asked. Question number two. Question number two that was asked is also abuse, that, uh, an illicit abuse that's going on with a, a father who is abusing his, his daughter in an immoral way. And that's not a danger to life. The question was, what do you do in such a case? How do you, how do you handle such a situation in terms of reporting the issue to the police? Question number three that the doctor asked the rabbi was, question number three the doctor was asked the rabbi was, how about if you have a teacher in a school that is, a teacher in a school that is taking advantage, immoral advantage, of the children that are there? Meaning abusing them, to, uh, improper, improper behavior. What do you do in such a case? Okay, this was the question that was asked to Rabbi Waldenberg. So before this is a this this issue, this question in terms of Jewish law is a is a is a highly uh, emotional uh, issue, and uh, people have very strong feelings regarding the issue. So 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 it's very difficult to deal with the issues at hand without, without the issues having to be superseded by one's own opinion about what the decision should be in such a situation. You know, you have a child that's suffering, you have somebody that's being abused, and so uh, what's the question, right? So on the outset, before we even discuss what the issue is, we are going to uh, quote the uh, position the, and, and, and the answer of the... Uh, the organizations, so the Jewish, the leading Jew, Jewish organizations. So the the first of all, the Agudas Israel of America, which doesn't have a website, which is a separate discussion in of itself. But their position may be found on a blog called Daat Torah dot blogspot dot com. D a a t t o r a dot blogspot dot com. Their position is, uh, is, uh, appeared in the Mishpacha magazine on August 3rd, 2011. Um, and it's basically enumerated here. And basically the, uh, the position is, is that certainly uh, if anybody knows or witnesses abuse that's happening, should report that abuse to the uh, police immediately. The position that the Agudas Israel of America... Uh, takes is that the same way that if a doctor in a, in a hospital or an office would find uh, uh, a case that he suspects is a case of abuse, um, then he that he would discuss it perhaps maybe with a, his superior before he calls the police. So to a person who is not versed or qualified to uh, to determine exactly exactly what's going on. 
should discuss uh, should discuss the, the, this issue with the rabbinic authority that is qualified and understands uh, and understands the issues that are involved before reporting to the police. That's the position of the uh, of the Agudas Israel of America. The um, the position of the RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, which is found on their website, rabbis.org, okay, uh, states the following. The Rabbinical Council of America has today reaffirmed its position that those with reasonable suspicion or first-hand knowledge or abuse or endangerment have a religious obligation to report that abuse to the secular legal authorities without delay. One of the unique features of Jewish law is that it imposes upon every member of the community an obligation to help others avoid danger. That's what, they, that's what their position is. So, as always, two paragraphs down, reads the, sta- the official statement of the, of the RCA, as always, where the facts are uncertain, one should use common sense and consultations with experts, both lay and rabbinic, to determine how and when to report such matters to the authorities. False accusations are harmful to those falsely accused, but unreported abuse or endangerment can be life-threatening, as we have recently been tragically reminded. That's the RCA's position on July 25th, 2011, on their website. And this is, uh, they're, they're, they, some want to suggest that perhaps maybe there's a little bit of difference between them and uh, the Agudas Israel of America, and that the Agudas Israel of America uh, advises that a rabbinical authority should be consulted first, uh, and the RCA seems to not to advise that. However, the uh, the blog which we uh, quoted before seems to suggest that that's not uh, that that's not really a difference between the two positions. Both positions really hold the same thing. The question is uh, the specific situation and the issues involved uh, that will determine whether or not one should do that. Uh, another website I mean, is to find is the Jewish position a little bit more of a of a, of a perhaps maybe a different stream. Or not a different stream, but maybe perhaps maybe a different uh, color of Judaism is is that there is a website called Rab Aviner. This is a, a rabbi who is uh, a teacher in Yeshivat Ateret Yushalayim. Uh He also has an article about this a position that he outlines, which basically says the same thing, and he quotes the response that we are about to about to learn. So the position of the Jewish world, the official position of the Jewish world, is of course that this. Uh, such such a case of uh, of abuse and neglect and and and, and uh, taking advantage of of one's position of power over others should be if if one is is of knowledge of it should be uh, reported immediately to the authorities uh, with consultation with an rabbinic authority uh, that's the that's the official that's the official position so the um, the now that, now that we've got that out of the way, and now that we uh, understand what one needs to do when one is in such a situation, we can perhaps maybe look at some of the issues involved, just like anything else in Judaism, there are issues that are involved of halachic nature and ethical nature. There are some issues that are involved that determine the position that people take, or that the rabbis take, or that the Jewish law takes uh, in any given situation, whether it be the laws of Shabbos, or whether it be the laws uh, that are involved in this particular issue which we're going to discuss. Okay, so, so we know what we have to do. As, as one person, fellow, told me today, they were, they were sitting in somebody's home, and they witnessed uh, their, the, uh, the, the, that person 
their host take their child and throw them against the wall. So, so, so we know when that happens, the action that we have to take. Right? There's no, there's no issue about that. I mean, we, we, we know for sure. If that, I don't know. Did the person, the person didn't tell me it happened a number of years ago, and I don't happen. But people, it could be lethal, right? That's right. So, and that's that, that. That's the question that we're asking. So we know what we have to do. Now that we know what we have to do, now we can perhaps maybe appreciate and study the Torah to see some of the issues that are involved in, 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 in what has to be done. And so it's like this. The first, one, the first issue, and please uh, interrupt me to ask any questions that you like while, while, we're, uh, while we're discussing this. The first issue is the issue of Moser. The issue of Moser is that the Jewish law is very sensitive to, and this, we're presenting this as an issue, we're not presenting this necessarily as a final conclusion. This is an issue. This is an issue to be to be discussed and understood. So w- one issue is the issue of Moser. Moser is literally giving somebody over to somebody else, snitching to the authorities. Right? The Jewish law looks uh, in in a negative in in, in a negative in a negative light at somebody who uh, gives somebody away to the to to the authorities. Right? So the Torah says in the Torah law in, 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 in Choshen Mishpat, number 385, 388, in uh, number 9, it says like this, It is prohibited to give away a Jew in the hands of a non-Jew. It's prohibited. Does it make a difference that it's Abdei Kachavim instead of just a non-Jew? Yeah, we will see. We will see that. We will see that, that it makes a difference. But it is prohibited. In the most extreme case, in the most extreme case, which we've discussed, we've discussed many times, in the most extreme case, you know, you have a caravan of people who are traveling, and they get ambushed by, uh, they get ambushed by a troop of, uh, of, uh, of marauders and robbers, and they say, okay, uh, give us one of you, and we'll, uh, we'll shoot you. Or, or else... Give us one of you, and we'll kill that person, whoever you decide to pick. And uh, we'll, uh, if you don't, then uh, we'll kill all of you. Right? That's the uh, that's the case. So the, 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 that's the classic extreme case that is found in the Tosefta of Trumas in chapter seven, number uh, halacha number twenty twenty three, and it is uh, uh, codified by the Rambam in the Code of Law in the Laws of Yisodiah Torah, chapter number five. Number five, and it's also codified in the in the court of law, in the in the, which which we're about which we are quoting now, the 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 the, the Rambam says, of course, it's usher, it's prohibited to give away any person, any Jew. you cannot give away um, even one soul of Jewish people. You have to say to the people who are who are uh, threatening this, kill us all. We're not giving anybody away. What if they name someone? So if they name someone, that's where it becomes complicated. And then the, the question is, then, then, then that's where it becomes complicated. question it's not for us for this evening to discuss. Well, but if somebody volunteers? If somebody volunteers, they volunteer. What are we going to do? Can't uh, people have free choice? We can't stop them. Is there an issue with that? There's an issue with that too, which is not for us to discuss also. But if they volunteer, they volunteer. And if the people are satisfied, they're satisfied. What are we going to do? Well, but that's another law, is letting, you know, watching while, not allowed to watch uh, somebody's... That's a personal decision. That's a personal decision. No, it's not. It says uh, you should... No, we're talking, of course, that's if you have the power to do something. That's if you have the power. 
You have the power to do something. You don't have the power to do something. You can't do anything about it. So, what? Uh, yeah, so you, but you're doing it. You're doing it to save somebody, and that's the question. Somebody jumps on the grenade, saves everybody else. That's the question. That's not for this evening. That's a wartime situation, right? Wartime situation, not a wartime situation. You're driving a bus, and you, the bus is you lose his control. It's the separate He loses control, and it's going to hit people. And you veer it. You're going to hit ten people or twenty people. Plane is heading for the, uh, the trade center. You kill, you shoot down the plane, you kill uh, 300. You don't shoot down the plane, 5,000 die. What do you do in such a situation? You can't, uh, you can't put your head under a pillow and pretend it's not going to happen. So you have to make a decision what to do. But that's not for us, that's not for us, uh, the discussion for us. The discussion for us this evening is, is that the point is, is that as a general rule, we don't give away people. We, don't, we just don't give away people. Therefore, it's prohibited to give a person away, says the, says the, the court of law. Whether it's going to be a financial loss for the person or whether it's going to be a bodily loss. Even if this person is evil, it's prohibited to give him away. Even if that person is annoying us, even if that person is, uh, uh, is harmful to us, we still can't give him away, says the, uh, says the Shulchan Aruch, says the Court of Law. It's prohibited. We, shall, we will soon see that the Tzitzeliezer, the response that we have quoted earlier, will explain that, of course, we're not talking that, we're talking this is a side issue, the person is evil for something else. They're not evil for the particular uh, situation that we're talking about, that they're, for the act that they're committing, for what we're giving them away for. But generally speaking, one issue is, one king your ways. This is very, very strict. Why? So, for example, the Shach explains here in number 53, commentary of the Shach says, person gives somebody away to the non-Jews, then they're, they're, they're going to go to the, uh, they're, going to, they're not going to be, they're going to be judged for generations for this. They're going to go to, to the depths. That's what the Shach says. The, the, the Sma in number 29, which is also commentary called the Meir Senayim, he says that the reason why we're so strict about this the reason why we're so, uh, it's, it's, it's such a sensitive issue is because once a person is given way to the non-Jews, they don't have mercy. And they're not, they, there's no justice, which is something we were going to discuss uh, earlier. Some people have justice, some people don't. But the Sma says that the issue is, is that we don't give people away uh, because we're literally handing them in the hands of lions, tigers, People who, who, who will make it worse than it is, destroy the person completely, we don't, so we don't, we, don't, uh, we don't give them away. Issue number one. That's one issue. One issue is, is that we don't just snitch. That's one issue. Issue number two. Issue number two is, is that the Talmud tells us, in Tractate Sanhedrin, page 73a, the Talmud says, that if somebody is pursuing somebody else, if somebody is pursuing somebody else, pursuing them means that they are threatening to kill them. Somebody wants to, A, wants to kill B. There is a mitzvah to save B from A. A is deemed a pursuer, meaning that he has a, a status in Jewish law as a pursuer, as a person who as a person who is pursuing to 
afflict harm on somebody else. And once that person reaches that halachic status of pursuer, then it's permissible to do whatever is necessary, even to kill A, in order to save B. That's what the Talmud says in uh, Tractus and Edge, page 73a. Is his life automatically considered forfeit? What? Is his life automatically considered forfeit? That's a discussion. What is exactly the mechanics of it is, but, but, but the, uh, the Tosos Yontif on the Mishnayis, on his commentary on the Mishnah, points out that at that point, once we deem somebody halakhically to be a pursuer, then we don't need a judge and we don't need a jury. We are the judge and we are the jury and we are acting on the, on the, on, on the, on the rabbinical court's uh, uh, power of attorney. What kind of we are we talking about? Is it some kind of like... Whoever it is that may be, a, a, a bystander. I mean, could, you could be a single individual acting on his own? Yeah, you see somebody who's in danger. You no, see I'll, somebody who's in danger. Yeah, but still, you're, you're still making an individual decision about what you think you see. And it's usually like with, with and usually in Jewish law, nothing is done without two agents. If something is, is if somebody is, the, nothing is done without two witnesses in Jewish law, except for this case. Wow. In this case, where somebody is deemed by law, and in the most simple terms, we see somebody take a gun and say, I'm going to shoot you. A wow. takes a gun and says, I'm going to shoot you. C is supposed to shoot A to save B, unless he's a sharpshooter and can knock off his gun. But if, he, if he's not confident in that and he can't do it, then, uh, you know, wherever he hits him, he hits him. That's the way it goes. C is supposed to, sa- he's supposed to save him. That's the pitch. But so, interestingly, in, in secular law, C would then be liable to be criminal. No, no. no. secular law. No. No. If you, if no. you Else, you're not no, the, no. If, 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 if only if the, in secular law they determined that the person was not in danger. But if a person is in danger, of course. That's why the I mean the police advise. Officially, we don't take this advice, but the police advise: if you shoot somebody, you may drag him back into the house. What? If you if you shoot somebody outside your house that you were threatened right. by, drag him back into the house because the law doesn't deem a person. But according to Jewish law, also the same thing: if a person runs away from the house, he's no longer a pursuer. So, so that, that, that's, that's an issue. Now, the, uh, another issue, so, so if a person is a pursuer... Wait, I'm sorry, I missed this. If somebody's outside your house... Don't shoot him. Uh, yeah, it's not right. It's not right. It doesn't pay for us to go through this. So, so, so now, the, the SMA actually points out, the commentary of the SMA points out that somebody who snitches on somebody else and they're going to get unduly punished, then he's also deemed to be a pursuer. But that, but we're in our context. We're also we could say that the person who's committing the abuse is also a pursuer. Mm-hmm. But now, if we if we erroneously report the person, meaning that the person is is who's allegedly committing the abuse is not really committing the abuse, then we're the pursuers of that person because we're going to ruin their life because uh, that happens every single day. We see that already in the paper. Somebody gets falsely accused. Uh, Shalom Yisrael. Forget about it. The guy might as well move to uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, life is over, as they know it. Mm-hmm. False accusation. So there's, there's pursuit on both sides. Now also there's another, on the next page in the Talmud it says, as we all know this Pasuk, right? We know that it says, uh, The Talmud says that uh, one should not stand idly by and watch as uh, somebody is, uh, is, being, uh, is drowning, being attacked by a lion. Somebody's blood is being spilled. They shouldn't stand idly by and watch them uh, the, the blood being spilled. 
Right? That's what the Talmud says on, on the next page in uh, in number uh, 74A in Tractate Sanhedrin. And all of this is, is codified in law. So the, the previous law is codified in law in Choshen Mishpat number 426. And the law that we the previous law that we said that somebody is a pursuer, that's in four in four hundred and twenty five, and in the aforementioned statements of the Talmud, right? So that's that's another issue. The other issue is the issue of pursuit and the issue of of uh, 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 of saving somebody. Okay, mm-hmm. those are the issues that are involved. Now there's another issue which I really don't necessarily. Uh, feel it's necessary for us to speak about, but there's a particular local publication that decided to quote that issue in order to, uh, to make a point uh, to the uh, to the Israel of America, and that is, is that we all know that to save a life is to save a world. To save a life is to save a world. Uh, and that is, the source of that is... Um, the source of that is in Tractate Sanhedrin on page 37a. It's a Mishnah. When the Mishnah talks about the uh, the Mishnah talks about when we tell the witnesses who come to testify against somebody, the Mishnah talks about what we should tell the witnesses that we have to make sure to explain to them that they, they have to be telling the truth and that they have a tremendous responsibility. You know, they're dealing with people's lives, and so we, when we do that, we tell them that uh, you know that uh, that if you destroy a life, you you can destroy a whole world. So look at the whole world came from Mother Marisha and the first man. The, the, the whole world that we live in, all of us, we all come from one person. So you destroy a life, you destroy a, Of course, that's an issue. Of course, we're talking about... When we say that we're saving somebody, of course we're talking about that. But the, that, that issue that you save a life, you say uh, you, you save the whole world, that's, that's what the Mishnah says. The fikach, therefore, I quote the Mishnah, never Adam Yechidi, a person was created himself alone. That somebody who makes one soul disappear from the Israel, it's as if the whole world has been destroyed. Whoever fulfills uh, one soul is It's as if he has fulfilled the entire world. That's the uh, that, 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 that's what the Mishnah says. The reason why I mention this is because uh, Dr. Lucas was uh, kind enough to send me an article um, from a local publication that uh, informed the uh, in an editorial the particular rabbi that they were addressing who addressed this issue, uh, and they told they, they quoted to him this this uh, th- th- this statement of the rabbis as if the as if the rabbi himself doesn't know that there's a Mishnah on page 37 in Tractate Sanhedrin that says this. May I ask, I'm totally in the dark about what, what this is in reference to. Is this, a, is this something... The, the, ra- the, the, article, the article stated the, there was a particular rabbi that it would be representative of the Agudas of Israel of America who, who I, I don't speak on their behalf, I speak on my own. Well, all, the, all, the, all the statements that I make tonight, I take full responsibility for myself and not on behalf of any other organization. But this rabbi was quoted on behalf of the uh, Agudas Israel of America, or he would be represented by what he said, and he said that if there's an instance of child abuse before it's reported to the authorities, it should be, it should be discussed with a rabbinical authority. And so the newspaper wanted to, uh, to, to address that statement as somehow 
uh, delaying the process, in which case the child would, or whoever is being abused, would be hurt in that process. And, and they quoted, without quoting the actual source, this statement of the rabbis, that a person is like a whole world, as if the rabbi who said that statement would not know that it's an explicit Mishnah on page 37a in Tractate Sanhedrin, to educate him, that the rabbi should know. Listen, rabbi, you should know that you cannot delay the report of abuse. It sounds even more ludicrous to myself now that I'm saying it, that you cannot know the abuse because you should know that if you, if you, if you, if there's, if you save one soul, you save like an entire world, as if the rabbi does not know that. It's, it's like, it's like uh, telling a, a, a lawyer, uh, give me a law repeater here. It's like telling, well, it's like telling the lawyer that you should know that people have to be read their rights. Right. Right? It's right. As if so he doesn't right, so know. Right. As, if, as if he doesn't know it. Right. Right. When he says, when he, when, he, when he presents a case in front of the court that uh, the person wasn't read their rights, but they were, uh, they were uh, arrested anyway because the officer felt that it was necessary, and then, and then, the, and then, and then the, the, the other counsel would get up and say, objection, right? And the person has to be read their rights, as if the judge and the lawyer don't know that that's an issue. I mean, how could the, the, the rabbi doesn't know that, the, that the, you, 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 you fulfill an entire world by, uh, by saving one soul? He doesn't know the, the Talmud on page, on, on page 74a in, in Sanhedrin that you have to save somebody and you can't stand on the by when their blood is so being spilled? So why are they indicating that you should consult So that's what we mentioned from the Rabbinical Council of America. The statement that's made on that website that we said is that, of course, it, you know, it depends on the situation. It depends on the situation. First of all, it depends. Do you know for sure? Or do you not know for sure? And even if you do know for sure, right? Has there never been a doctor to whose office is a child who has been abused, been brought, has not, has not consulted with his superior? So you're going you're gonna to incarcerate that doctor because he, because he delayed it for two minutes by discussing his superior before he picked up the phone to call the police? So you, can, you, cannot pick, you can't pick up the phone and call... Call the, the rabbinical authority and say, you know, what do you think? Maybe I missed something. Again, remember the issue, the consideration is, if we're not, if, 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 if perhaps maybe we are jumping to conclusions, it's a mutual pursuit. We got two lives here. We got, obviously we got the life of the child. He's got a black eye. That's all he has, chas v'shalom. Right? And, but the other person is potentially also might be hurt if he's wrongly accused. But if he's not wrong, because you know for sure, so then there's nothing to talk about. But if there's something to talk about, what's wrong with, uh, with, with consultation? You're going to consult anyway as a, as a, as a, with the, uh, a professional. So if the, if the rabbi is qualified, and he also has Torah's knowledge about these issues, why not consult with him too? For sure you're not going to say that the rabbi is... And this is co- this is almost comical. I don't even even to to say that the rabbi is ignoring the the obligation to save a life because we want to keep this internal is 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 comical. It, it's comical to say that he's ignoring. You might want to say that he's mistakenly or erroneously uh, deciding something which 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 would delay the process. But he, even though he's in, in the process of trying to save a life. But the fact that he doesn't know it, and that he's ignoring it and saying that it's more important to keep the issue internal, yeah. is, 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 is comical. 
Is it is it better to go to the professional first or go to the rabbi first, or does it not matter? Uh, it, it, it depends on the, it, we're talking general rules. It depends on the situation. It depends on the situation. It depends what you see, what you know, how you know it. Then you can make the determination of what you're supposed to do. In certain cases, it's going to be better to go to the professional. In certain cases, it's going to be better to go to the rabbi. But uh, emphasize that the rabbi has to be trained and knowledgeable in these issues. Because otherwise, it doesn't pay to go to the rabbi. The same with the professional. If the, if the professional themselves are not qualified, which happens sometimes, then it doesn't pay to go to the professional too. There, you, have, you have people who are not competent in both areas. But it, it's okay to consult with somebody to figure out what the plan of action is going to be because, because it's, it's a very serious issue. It's a very serious issue. So, so it's, it's, like a, it's kind of a spectrum. So you know, one side of the spectrum is the obvious where you see a parent, God forbid, put a cigarette out on an infant's arm. Okay? You, you don't need to consult the rabbi. Right. What are you going to consult? You take right. the parent, you punch them in the face. Right, right, right. There's right. nothing to consult. Right, right. And then, right. then on the other side of the spectrum, it's actually, if you have serious suspicions, but you don't know, but under Jewish law, you're actually, though, it's kind of more like the pursuer, isn't it? Isn't that what they're saying? Because you don't really need two witnesses or anything like that. If you if you if you if you suspect that it's happening, if there is good cause to believe that, and that's what it says in the secular law, it's against the law for a medical professional, social worker. It's, it depends on the, on right. the state, right. right? That's what the, it says on that website. Right. It's against the law not to report it. Right, they have to. But you have to have reasonable. Right, you can't right. just you can't you, you can't just report go and report people. Right, there has to be reasonable suspicion. Suspicion. Of, uh, of the fact that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There has to be reasonable suspicion of the fact that it's happening. So to suggest that, that, that somebody might not know that, mm-hmm. who's, de- who's dealing with that issue, or is unconcerned with the immediacy of the matter, is comical. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand, I don't understand uh, maybe Dr. Lucas, you can explain to me, uh, it, well, you know, the, the position. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. The editorial position. The editorial position. Right? I don't, I don't understand it. And also to invoke, by the way, this article, and I'm sorry, I'm not meaning it by name because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk in a negative way. We're here, we're talking ideas. So we could be negative about the, whatever. We, we, can, we can discuss the idea and, and discuss which idea is right, which idea is wrong. But to suggest that the, the, that the recent murder that happened Of the of the uh, of this little boy, is because of this type of lackadaisical attitude of the rabbis is also comical. Except that it has tragic because it's not for the rabbis, it has it? tragic consequences, but it's to suggest that it's their fault. Have you heard that? I, have, I mean, I was. That's what the article. That's what the article. The juxtaposition of the of the, and this is my opinion. The juxtaposition of the the presentation seems to suggest that it's their fault that this boy was 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 was. Uh, well, were rabbis was consulted about this guy before? I mean, they, they I don't know the facts. So that the facts, I can't comment. I can't. Comment. But to say that it's their fault because they're not aware of the fact that you have to save him because they don't they don't they don't want to expedite the matter is is I, I would I would say it's 
you know, it's irresponsible. And it's simply not true. We already read the statements from the uh, the the the, the Agudas Israel of America and the official position of uh, of uh, Jewish leadership, uh, the Rebbe Council of America. It's just simply not true. The people are obligated to report that even more than in secular law. In secular law, it's only professionals with whom this comes into their purview. If there is an understanding that abuse is going on from a professional social worker, psychologist, or a doctor, right, or a hospital, then they have obligated by law. But the next door neighbor, it's suggested it's very nice if they report the abuse that's going on, but it's not an obligation according to the New York law, as it says in that article. But by Jewish law, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the foremost obligation of every single one, every person who knows about it, regardless of whether they have a professional involvement in a particular situation. Do you have to consider the, um, the uh, prohibition of turning over to a non-Jew? You do have to consider that prohibition, for the reason that the Sma gave. However, the the the, the Yezer does deal with this issue, it's a very interesting, uh, involved uh, situation, but he, in, in, in one of the things that he quotes is a famous statement of Rabbi Epstein in the Orach HaShulchan. The Orach HaShulchan, which is uh, found in the, in the aforementioned place, says a, a sweeping statement regarding the laws of, uh, of Moser, of giving somebody away. Uh, and this sweeping statement is, uh, is, is, is sweeping. He says like this, any discussion about giving somebody away that is in the Talmud, Uposkim and the halachic decisors, is who bikagoy medinos harichoko shelohaya the ishpitochem begufu mimono. We're talking about, so to speak, primitive far nations from which a person did not feel secure with their, uh, their body and their money because of the different people who took advantage, sa- savagely took advantage and forced them into different positions, as it is known in different countries in Africa, which is not the case with the European nations, what says the Orach HaShulchan. So, what? What about Havner I don't want to discuss that particular case. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't know the details enough to be able to uh, say it. And, it, you know, it is the, perfect, the system is not perfect. But the Orach HaShulchan says that if you have a civilized country who has a proper due process, I guess most of the time, right? They have a proper due process. Then these laws do not apply. The laws of, uh, of, of, of giving somebody away. The, 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 we're talking about a situation where we... Have a country, as the Sma pointed out, and as the uh, the points out in the Orach Hashulchan, where we have a country that's uncivilized, and you might be giving somebody away for not paying their taxes, and they're going to hang them. You know, that's what the the says. This Gamba Akoshal Akum, even if it's if it's uh, uh, courts that are not Jewish, it makes a difference on whether or not it's a primitive nation or it's a nation which is enlightened. It makes a difference. Every situation is different. But the Orch HaShulchan already opens up the window and he says that that's not an issue. If there is due process and the person will be treated properly, and it could be that you know in a particular situation he won't be treated properly, then in that case one is permitted to speak to the authorities. 
One is permitted to give away to, to, to give away that person. So therefore So what do you do in the case where there isn't and you still have the situation of the pursuer? Oh so if you have a case where you don't have the authorities that can give it that they, they, they can uh, mm-hmm. then you have a mitzvah to handle it internally. However you have to handle it. You have to you have a mitzvah to handle internally. If you know there's there are things that are handled internally. If we read enough, we figure we figure it out. You know, some people who uh, commit abuse and they, they can't they're beyond the law. The authorities can't do anything about it. Then each and every one of us have a mitzvah to do something about it. Handle you know people people do that. People will handle things internally when when, when necessary. There are certain communities. Things just get taken care of. The authorities don't get involved. <laughs> Things get taken care of. Have to. Right. The business is taken care of. Right. So the, the Tzitz Eliezer has an involved discussion based upon the issues that we mentioned. And at the end of the responsa, after he, after he quotes, the, after, after he, he makes his decision, he says something interesting also. He says, and with this we'll uh, conclude basically because we're, we're, we're out of time. But in addition to everything that we've said, when we're giving away to the secular authorities, meaning the, the, the court system, in the situations that we're talking about, and that's all the questions that we asked about sexual abuse, child abuse, student abuse, all these things. When it's necessary, there is, if it's necessary, and it's against the law, the rabbinical court can still decide to do what is necessary in a particular case. As if we feel that uh, the law says in a particular case that we're not supposed to give the person away, but we see that it's not going to work if we don't, and if we don't report it to the authorities, then the rabbinical court has the, the right to make that decision and say, in this case, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, well, we're going to give this person away. We're going to leave the authority, let the authorities decide because of the danger that's involved to the particular person that's being um, that's being abused. So this is basically the conclusion. The there is a sefer written by the Rav in Atlanta, um, which is it's called the Mincha Shmuel. There's a where he actually puts all of the different halachic, uh, all different laws together uh, from different responses, and he quotes this response that we're talking about. He also quotes Rabbi Yashiv, who is uh, the, rabbi, uh, the, the, the rabbi in Israel who concurs with this. And Avram S. Avram also wrote his own book called the Nishmas Avraham, the one who asked the question to the Tzitzeliezer, the response that we're talking about. This, the Tzitzeliezer, by the way, was the rabbi of the Shari Tzedek Hospital. He quotes his teacher, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman who also concurs uh, with, with this ruling. So basically, I mean, we have a, 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 a unanimous, we have a unanimous decision, a unanimous position from all of the, uh, the, the serious uh, Torah rabbis that it is a first and foremost obligation to report even to the secular authorities and even in a case where even in the case where it's uh, even in the case where the child might wind up in a secular home, wow. even in the case where the child might wind up in a secular home if they're being abused, Rabbi Yashif says. However, a, a, what? 
A secular Jewish home? Even a non-Jewish home. Even if it's a foster home, and even if it's going to be, in his case, outside of the land of Israel. Okay. However, Rabbi Yashif says, as is quoted in this Mincha Shmuel, he says that afterwards, after the child gets transferred, it's our obligation to make sure to make sure that they have that they get a Jewish uh, upbringing and a Jewish education. If they, if we save that child, then they wind up. In a, there's one more issue. If you if you if you if you permit me, uh, just one more issue that we didn't that we that I've neglected to discuss, and that is is that there is an idea out there that Rashi says in Parshas Kisaytei, In the end, a person is greater if they make somebody sin than if they kill them. It's, it's, it's a worse of a crime to make somebody sin than to kill them. The reason for that is as is, is follows. And that we, 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 we neglected to, to speak about the issues length, but, but, but the question is, what is life all about? Life as we began is all about serving God and doing the right thing. And if we create a person into a person who does not serve God and does not do the right thing, they might as well I don't mean physically, I mean uh, if, figuratively speaking, they might as well be considered like they're not alive. It's worse. Both things are very, very bad. It's bad to make somebody sin and it's bad to kill them. But to kill them is to kill them physically. We're only killing them physically, but they're going to come to the world, they're going to go to the world to come. But if we, if we kill somebody spiritually, then we're, they don't have this world and they don't have the world to come. So there's a notion, there's an issue to be discussed, and that is, if we give away the child, if we give away the child to a Christian home, to a secular home, to a home where they're not going to be Jewish and not have a Jewish identity, there is a notion that we should not put them in that situation. Even though there is such a notion, Rabbi Yasha says, that if they're being physically abused, they should be given away to that place, to a, to a, to a secular place where they will not keep their Judaism, but then it is our obligation to strive to take care of that child wherever they might wind up and give them a Jewish identity and a Jewish education. Okay, so at this point we'll conclude because we're out of time. Thank you. Have a good Shabbos.